A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hey guys, on today's podcast, we're talking about the tears. Those tears that come in the car, after practice, on the way to practice. If your athlete is like I was and is a bit of a crier, then today's episode is for you. I'm going to talk about the transition from childhood to adulthood and how it impacts emotions in our little preteens and teens. I'm going to talk about the three main sport factors that compound the crying issue and some ideas on how to help your athlete get their smile back. Here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey, everybody. I'm Coach Rebecca Smith coming to you live from a construction site. So you may notice beeping and crashing and bumping and thumping, but I've been waiting and waiting and it's just not going away. So here I am, bumps, thumps, beeps and all. So (laughs) bear with it. But I wanted to get this message out here because I've heard a lot of parents talk about their athletes crying in practice, before practice, after practice, I, this hits close to my heart because I was the team crier. My brother and I both, love you, bro, were always super sensitive and a little quicker to cry than the average person. But then you add adolescence and these three factors to the mix, and it was just waterworks constantly, my poor dear mother. So I wanted to come on today and talk to you about if your athlete is struggling with a lot of tears. How can you help them? It's sensitive, right? Because a lot of the time they're like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I don't want, I'm fine. And they just don't, they just want to be left alone. But I'm going to talk about why this happens. The main sport related causes that will end up, you know, send your athlete into an emotional upheaval and what you can actually do as the parent to support them in this moment. So Athletes age, you know, adolescent to teen, I'm going to say 10 to 16 broadly, but really highly concentrated in that like 12, 13 year old age group, maybe into 14, depending on, you know, kind of when puberty is hitting these athletes, these kids are struggling with a couple things as a, you know, as a whole, this age group is struggling with their identity and their self-image. And the reason for this is that they are transitioning from childhood to adulthood. So you've got this, you know, six-year-old who's like, mommy, help me get dressed. Mommy, brush my teeth. Mommy, pick me up. That's my, it's happening in my house. My back is killing me. I'm like, 
at what point do you start doing these things for yourself, woman? Then I'm sure this will happen to me in a matter of years. They'll be like, mom, I'm not wearing that or no, don't help me or I've got it. And the reason that that starts to happen is because eventually they're going to be 18, 19, 20, 35, whatever, whatever age they're going to finally move out. And they're going to not need you. They need to not need you for survival. A 35-year-old who still needs their parents, that's a struggle. So what they're preparing themselves to do is to get out of the house and do everything on their own. So they are starting to sense distance from their family. They're starting to sense distance from these people who they've needed and relied on. And now they are like really starting to have this independence. Like I got this, I can do it. I can, I can handle it. Mom, leave me alone. I make my own decisions. I have my own ideas, but they feel a little lonely as a result because they're used to being, you know, in this like unit of help and support and love and guidance. And now they're like, no, I don't want it, but oh, but I'm still a kid. So they have this this natural thing that happens where their their emotional center of their brain gets a little extra activated because now they're this little bear cub who's kind of out in the wild and they have to be extra alert for risks. So they have to watch out for being disowned by the tribe. So they this concept of being accepted is extremely important. So if they don't feel accepted, you know, they're they're starting to feel this distance from their parents. They need their tribe. They want to be independent, but they can feel overwhelmed. They can feel lonely. And they've got all these emotions on high alert to keep them safe during this transition time. So that's basically our baseline. That's the normal adolescent experience. Then let's add a high pressure sport on top. Why not? Right. So, one of the main reasons why athletes find themselves in tears, this was especially in my situation, they don't have a voice. Now, in highly competitive individual sports, it is not exactly encouraged for athletes to go, oh, I don't think that that drill's right for me, or I think I should be coached in this way. That's not encouraged. I mean, there are places where that is encouraged. There's a lot of back and forth, and there's a lot of communication and collaboration, which I am a huge fan of. But there's a lot of not listening to what that athlete needs. And so the athlete comes in and they're like, well, I can't say no And I don't want to talk about this because I might let people down or I might disappoint them or they might not like me or I might sound disrespectful. So they basically lose their voice. They start to sort of clam up when there's something that they feel like they need to say, but they don't want to be alienated. So they're in this like rock and hard place. They don't speak up. So they sort of just keep trying, even though something's not right. They're not sharing that with their coach. And then my classic move was like, okay, I'll try it even though my brain was like, you're not going to be able to do it. You're too scared. You're not ready. I was like, okay, coach. I'd get up on the beam. I'd like put my hands up and be like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then I'd freeze and I'd get stuck and I'd hesitate. And then people are yelling. And then I, I still didn't say anything to my coach. Eventually the tears start coming. And that's when the coach would go, hey, are you okay? What's going on? And I'd be like, I don't know. That was basically my form of communication. I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, shoot, the tears are coming. Okay, now she's asking me questions. But that honestly is an actual pattern of communication where the kid goes, I'm going to struggle until they notice and then they're going to help me because I don't think it's okay to ask for help. So I'm just going to try to struggle through it until they ask me what I need. And the tears are a way to sort of subconsciously get the attention 
and the help that you need. So not having a voice or not feeling like you have a voice is a big cause of those tears as an actual strategy in communication. The next thing that is sport-related for sure, but also kind of life-related that can lead to a lot of those tears um, after school, even at school, before school, is low self-confidence. So if even if your your kid is the coolest, the smartest, the funniest, the wittiest, the most creative kid, and you know that they're so stinking cool, they are still walking around with this dark cloud of negative self-talk all day where they're like, I'm not good enough. I'm not cool enough. I'm not smart enough. And they're comparing themselves to other people. So they've got this whole like committee in their mind that the whole job is to say, you're not good at this. You're not good at that. Here are your flaws. Pay attention. Because again, they're on this heightened awareness of other people around them because they're starting to become more independent and they need to figure out where they fit. And so in order to stay safe, we sort of become hyper aware of our, our flaws, which then go into like the loudest possible volume for these kids. So they're just so aware of their flaws and all they see in other people is their, you know, highlights real. Everybody else is so great and I'm failing. Okay, then the third, which is definitely sport related and school related as well, is pressure. Pressure is the great causer of all tears. So you've got these kids who are growing up they're getting into maybe new schools or they're back to school after a lot of weird school over the last couple of years. They're having less friend time because now there's more training, more homework. They're they expected to get good grades. They're trying to be perfect. They're afraid of failing. They're trying to please other people. And they're like, can you just feel like, the, ugh, just talking about it, I feel like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And there's this deep down feeling that one little misstep is gonna ruin my future. If I step wrong, I'm going to die alone, a miserable cat lady or a miserable cat man. They really do have this feeling like if I make any decision wrong or if I get a bad grade or if I don't make that level and that time, then my whole life plan is shot. And the pressure of that just comes down on them with this deep feeling of overwhelm. It's a lot, right? And of course, They chose this sport and they are the kind of kid who just is an achiever, which is wonderful. So here's how you can help because this is, it's not easy. Number one, let him cry. Let him or her cry. That's sometimes what they need. I remember there was a night when I was a gymnast and everything was hard and I was like just a mess of hormones and emotions and life and feeling lonely in junior high. And I just remember crying and crying and crying. My mom is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, I don't even know. And I didn't need her to be like, what's wrong? Let's fix it. All I needed was just to be like, oh, there, there, honey. I got you. You cry it out. You cry it out. You know, there doesn't need to be a solution. There doesn't need to be an explanation. They just need that hug and hold and like, oh, my buddy, I love you. Yes, cry it out. Life is hard. There's a lot going on. That you don't even need, you don't need to know why. Just let it happen. Then normalize it. Like, yep, this is this is normal. You are so not alone. Every teen is experiencing this. It is so common. You talk about your own experience, like what I just did there. If I share that with my 12-year-old, which I don't have yet, then she's like, oh, you did too. Oof, isn't it crazy how like this life is so hard right now? Just to let her. And now I'm going to tell you one thing. 
some of the perform happy athletes that I work with, they tell me that they feel like they can't vent to their parent because they'll say things like, I hate gymnastics or I'm so sick of my coach. I just, oh, this is the worst. And their parents like, should we quit? Well, why am I spending all this money to make you do it if you hate it? Don't do that. Instead, just be like, oh, what a rough day, kiddo. Like, yes, I know. It's okay to hate it sometimes. It's okay to hate it sometimes. And I'm so sorry you had such a bad day. They want to be able to vent. And then the next day be like, no, mom, I'm fine. I love it. Whatever. I didn't say that. Don't immediately go to like, then we need to quit. Because that's what they're afraid is going to happen if they're honest about having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, which is always kind of part of the deal sometimes. So I'm going to say it again. Don't try to solve the problem. Don't try to figure it out. Instead, create space for your athlete to figure it out on their own. All you're doing is sort of reflecting back. And I talk about this in detail in the the peak performance parenting course that I provide in Perform Happy. And I talk about how to create that space so that you can really allow her or him to just have their own experience. Even though you know exactly what they need to do to solve their problem, if it comes from you, they're not going to do it because they're becoming independent and they need to make their own decisions. Help her learn coping skills. One of the best ways to do this is by modeling them. Model your own coping skills. If if everyone's having a freak out, if you stop and go, and you take a nice deep belly breath and you get into your skin, they're going to somehow pick up on that and their energy is going to drop a little bit potentially. I've seen this with infants. I've seen this with little kids. I've seen this with big kids. I've seen this with my husband having your own coping skills and demonstrating those is way more powerful than being like, take a deep breath, stop and breathe. They're like, shut up, mom. I don't want to do that. Boost her confidence. There are a lot of ways that you can boost your athlete's confidence without putting pressure on her. Help her to find people that she can lean on and talk to and trust. Maybe that's not you. You know, I adore my mother. And she wasn't the person I'd go to. You know, there were there were other women in my life who I really felt like they understood me. You know, people who are closer to my age or people who are like professionals who I could talk to and feel like I could trust them and that it was neutral and that they didn't have some agenda. You can't always vent to your mom because your mom's paying the bills. Sometimes you need somebody else, like a cousin or an aunt or, you know, somebody who they can just let it out with. Another tip here is to make sure that they're getting enough sleep. I know this is like, how do you get, how do you get a teenager to get more sleep? If you can value it and say, you know what, we're not going to do that private lesson after class because it's just too late. We have to get home and get into bed, you know, or on those days where we don't have practice, bedtime is two hours early or whatever you can possibly manage as a family, keeping the screens out of the bedroom, you know, certain things where you can whatever you can control, which is not a whole lot with a teenager, but if you can get your athlete more sleep, they're going to be less sad and less irritable because that's what tiredness does to most humans. Okay. A couple more ideas here. One is kind of fun. So they've got all these emotions. They got like this extra well of emotion and feeling. Use it in some kind of creative way. So maybe it's some kind of project that they do. Maybe it's a journal or a diary where they're writing their feelings out. Maybe it's singing. So like getting them into a choir or singing lessons. Maybe it's dancing. So it could be like a dance class or it could literally be like shaking your booties in the kitchen, acting like a little acting class or a little drama so that they can off gas some of that drama. That was recommended to me actually. Like you should take a drama class. I'm like, what are you trying to say? (laughs) 
But anyway, but like applying those feelings to painting or drawing so that you can express them in a way that feels really like kind of cool. Like, oh, I, I made this thing out of my depth of feeling that I'm experiencing right now it can be really powerful. And the final tip for parents is to be patient. Deep breaths, this too shall pass. You know, they're going to have the big ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and the I hate it, I love it. So if we cannot take it personally as parents and just remember this too shall pass, be patient with them. You know, oh, they're there. Oh my gosh, you you are so crazy. But like, we're not going to say that out loud. We're just going to go, mm, that's got to be so hard for you. Find that compassion. Just let them cry it out. All right. Hopefully that will help with any of you who are experiencing the big adolescent and teenage emotions. Stay tuned here for more tips and I will see you around soon. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.